0: Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Every Wednesday, we discuss all things dogs, from health and veterinary care to training and behavior science. Follow us and join Good Dog's mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Good Dog Pod. I am Dr. Michael Delgado from Good Dog's health standards and research team. Today, I'm excited to chat with Dr. Christine Oreck she is a veterinarian and the head of the center for artificial insemination and embryo transfer at the university for veterinary medicine in vienna austria her current research is focused on the establishment of early pregnancy semen preservation function and dysfunction of the endometrium and the role of stress that's a whole lot of stuff to unpack but we'll learn a little bit more about that work and although Dr. Oreck's main research emphasis has been in horses, she has published several studies related to canine reproduction, and that's one of the reasons that I invited her here today. So she's going to be joining us here at the Good Dog Pod to discuss some of her recent research related to cryopreservation of dog semen samples. It sounds very technical and fancy, but these are samples that will be used in artificial insemination by dog breeders, much like our listeners. So Dr. Oric, welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Uh, hi, it's my pleasure
0: to be here today. Thank you.
1: So let's start by talking about, I just mentioned cryopreservation. What is the process of cryopreservation of dog semen? How does it work? Why would a breeder consider it? And what are some of the challenges of using these cryopreserved samples? Let's start with that and then we'll dive deeper. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's probably better, yeah. yeah. A cryopreservation is a very technical term. It's actually freezing at a very low temperature, so it's not in the normal freezer, it's at minus 196 degrees and liquid nitrogen. Okay, yeah, that's cold. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a technique that is used for freezing cells of any kind, from any tissue, and it has a great advantage that you don't need any power. You just put it into a liquid nitrogen tank, independent from anything. So it's very easy and cheap, and you can transport it very easily, and it's frozen tissue or even frozen semen can be maintained for very, very long time periods. Okay, like years, months? Oh, yeah, years. So there's actually frozen semen from bulls that had been frozen in the 1950s. And if you throw it, it's still okay. and You can still use it for insemination.
1: Okay, wow. And then do you have to, like, defrost
0: it in a special way? Like, Yeah, you just put it it's in little straw, plastic straw. It's frozen. It's like it's done today, and you can actually print everything on this specific printers. Then you have the name of the dog, for example, and if it has a registration number and the owner's name, you can put it on this. It's very durable. And for defrosting, you just put it into warm water. Wow. Yeah, at body temperature, then it's defrozen within seconds, and you can use it. Okay, and then do you have to use it within a certain amount of time? Yeah, if you have it thawed, you have to use it very, very rapidly. Okay, so in the liquid nitrogen, nothing happens to it, but as soon as it falls, it cannot be maintained for a very long time.
1: Okay, obviously, you mentioned the temperature. I don't know if that was Celsius or Fahrenheit. 196 Celsius. I don't know what happened Kelvin <laughs> or Fahrenheit. Sorry. We, yeah? we won't do the math right now. That's yeah, fine. But yeah. obviously, this is something you can't do at home. Like, you can't just no. put a sample of your dog's semen into your freezer and then necessarily expect it to work 50 years later. <laughs>
0: yeah, no. So, the first step is that you actually you have to train the dog or you have to check that the dog allows you to collect the semen sure, sure. into a glass tube. So it's usually done manually. Okay. In a bull or in a stadium, you we'll would do something like an artificial vagina. Mm-hmm. In dogs, you know, it's a bit different. They have this different kind of just mounting the female dog, and then they demount and have this period where they stand together back to back, and it takes a long time, so you can't actually do this with an artificial vagina but we just grab the penis of the dog very cautiously and then let the semen flow into a glass tube that is pre-wormed. You can do this also maybe as non veterinarian but you have to learn how to do that. Sure. And it's also good if the dog is trained to be collected. Mm -hmm. It's a bit unusual for them. Some dogs, they're very easy to collect. Others, they, they need a female dog in heat. Right. Yeah. And they need to like the place where they are. So it may be a bit difficult sometimes to do that. Yeah. Yeah, You can imagine if you go to a veterinarian, usually the dog is not happy to go there. And if you then say, okay, we want to collect your <laughs> semen now, <laughs> he may refuse it and then you need some time. So I recommend that you actually check it before you want to ship semen or to freeze semen that you check if the dog allows to do that and also to check the semen quality. That's mm-hmm. also important. Yes. And I'm
1: definitely going to ask you about that. And as far as the collection method, though, that's something that people go to the clinic you work at at the university or to allow the veterinarians to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird to think about like how you get the dog in the mood once they're at the clinic. You know, is it kind of like, well, if there's a breeding female at home, then you can bring the dog in and they'll be pretty receptive. Yeah. You don't have breeding dogs at the vet clinic that are there to like get dogs prepared for <laughs>
0: Yeah, actually that it depends a little bit. So in Vienna we have a colony of beagles that we use for teaching and also for research sometimes, and then we have a bitch in from time to time, but not always. Yeah. So if you want your dog to be semen collected and you have a female dog that is in heat, or you know that your male dog likes it very much, it might be good if you would bring it to the veterinarian too. Okay, great. It even helps if you have some fluid from the vagina of the female dog in heat, and just put this swab in front of the nose of the dog, and this may even be enough to attract him and to make him a little bit more bring it into the mood to be. Yes,
1: which makes sense. Their sense of smell is so incredible. So that's a really good suggestion. So you mentioned analyzing the semen sample after collection. I think a lot of people when they're struggling with breeding their dogs. Don't go to that step. So maybe you can talk a little bit about what are some of the characteristics that you look at after you've collected the semen? So do you check every single sample that you collect at your clinic? And what are you looking for? Is that going to help people who are planning on an artificial insemination?
0: Mm -hmm. It's very important. First thing is the dog should be healthy. That's important. He should be free of any diseases that could be transferred via the semen. or that may even be checked and it should have a good vaccination status. Yes, absolutely. And even if the dog is painful or something like that, it might be difficult to do something for, like semen collection, as you can easily imagine. Yes. And then, as I said, you have to train it, and then we collect the semen. The semen in dogs are collected in different fractions. So first there comes some pre-agriculatory fluid. Mm-hmm. That is more or less free of semen. That is something which nature has made to flush the urethra. It's important to get bacteria out of it. And the next fraction is actually the sperm-rich fraction. That is what we can use for freezing or for insemination.
1: Okay, so the pre-ejaculate is not going to
0: impregnate the no. dog. No. <laughs> yeah. That is discarded, and then you put the sperm-rich fraction into the next glass tube, and you can actually see that there's women because it's like milky fluid or okay. even more dense, so like cream or something like that. And if it stops to be this, then then we stop collecting this fraction and we would use the next glass tube. Then you have always a fraction that where are less sperm in it, but sometimes you will check it if you can use it or not.
1: Okay. So you really want a sample that
0: has lots of sperm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because we check actually for the pH and we check if there's something like blood or urine or something like that. And that can happen, but it shouldn't happen. So it should be real neat sperm, read semen, and then we look under the microscope if the semen is motile, if the sperm are progressively motile, and what is actually the percentage. So in a good ejaculate, more than 80% of the sperm would be motile. Okay, so they're moving around and you can see it very clearly. They are moving around very fast. You can see it, but you need a special microscope with a heated stage. So if you put the semen on a cold glass, for example, it will stop moving. Oh. You need a well-equipped laboratory to do that. And you will also check the semen for the concentration mm-hmm. to know how many sperm you have collected. Yeah. Okay, great. That's important. For the last, the number of semen or insemination doses that we will have processed the semen.
1: Yeah, and I actually had a question about how many doses, because I know you mentioned in your paper, one challenge of semen collection in dogs is that's a relatively small amount. So from one session, like how many insemination doses can you realistically
0: get? In average, it's not more than five insemination doses, and in a okay. small dose, even less. So okay. it's just two or three. That's not a lot, yeah? If you collect a bull, for example, you have several hundred of Wow. Insemin- But much more, from an economical point of view, it's much, much better.
1: Okay. Yeah. So there could be challenges. Certainly. You may have to go back to the clinic several times. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So one thing you were looking at, this is in the recent study you published, whether or not the age of a dog was related to their semen quality. So what did you find, I mean, I guess we can maybe think older dogs would have
0: lower sperm quality, but is that what you found? Yeah, actually, we know from most species that semen quality declines with aging. So in a stain we know it may decline from an age of 10 or 12 years. And even in humans, we know that. And in dogs, it's often said it may happen early, like seven or eight years. And we checked this in a very large amount of dogs that we had in the clinic for semen collection. And we found out that in the majority of dogs and breeds, the really pronounced decline does not occur before an age of nine or 10 years.
1: Okay, So being eight years old is not necessarily a reason to stop Exactly, collecting yeah. samples from that dog.
0: Yeah. Okay. So if you haven't done it at an early age, it may still be worth to look at the semen quality and say, oh, it's still good enough to do it.
1: Okay. And I know some breeds of dogs have shorter lifespan. So would it depend on the breed of the dog? Did you find like, I know larger dogs do tend to have a shorter lifespan than some of the smaller breeds. Yeah. So is it different if you have an eight-year-old Chihuahua versus an eight-year-old Mastiff? Or is that pretty
0: safe and aged? In the study that we had, we did not find large differences between breeds. Great. But in some breeds, we did not have a lot of dogs that collected So that is certainly a little bit of limitation. So it's still possible that there are breeds when you say, oh, it may age earlier. So if you have a start dog and you say, I want to collect semen, I would try to do it early.
1: Okay. And probably regardless, if you have an older dog, you're going to want to, again, check the quality of the semen sample anyway, and then you'll know if they're having any declines by age. Now, the other thing you looked at was whether the time of year that the sample was collected had an impact on quality, so why were you
0: interested in that? It's known from other species, again, that there are differences between seasons. For example, in horses, horses are long day breeders, they have the natural breeding season in spring and summer, that's when they have the best semen quality. Or for example, in pigs, we know they are very temperature sensitive. So during the warm season, semen quality may decline. So we were interested to see is there any effect in dogs and we did not find a strong seasonal effect.
1: Okay. So people don't have to worry too much about the time of year. It's not like the summer samples are going to be less likely to produce offspring. That's good news. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Great. Everyone, we are here at the Good Dog Pod with Dr. Christine Oreck, and we will be right back after this short break.
0: Good Dog hosts monthly webinars with canine health experts, including Dr. Robert Hutchison, Dr. Marty Greer, and many more. Access all of these past webinars and stay up to date on upcoming webinars by following the link in the show notes.
1: And we are back with Dr. Christine O'Rourke. We're talking about some of her research looking at cryopreservation of dog semen samples and some of the other factors that can impact the quality of those samples. So. Overall, what would you say the take-home message is about cryopreservation and semen samples for dog breeders?
0: That's actually a very good way to preserve the genetical potential of such a dog. If you like this dog very much and you say, I might like to have offspring from this dog in a later time of my life, if I have a nice female dog that I would like to breed to him or for breeders that are interested in having their female dogs be inseminated by the dog. And actually, during the pandemic, the people that were interested in buying shipped semen or frozen semen was very much increasing because they could not travel. Right. So it was difficult to breed the dogs, but they could receive semen for the females. So that was a great advantage. If you had already frozen semen, we could ship it. That was possible. And we sent a lot of semen, even from Europe to the U.S., and to Australia and everywhere in the world. And because this frozen semen is so well preserved under the temperature, this is quite easy to do it.
1: That's great. I mean, it really also allows some breeding programs to increase their genetic diversity within their program, which we know is generally a good thing. So that's fantastic. Now, you conducted another study looking at dual semen collection. Can you explain what that is and what you found?
0: Yeah, as we said before, it's a challenge in dogs. The number of insemination doses that you can produce from one ejaculate is very small. It's just five. And some small dogs, and maybe two or three. And if you have a long way to drive to the veterinarian or to the lab that is doing the cryopreservation, That's a lot of time that you have to invest to get such a small number of insemination doses. That makes sense. A few years ago, a colleague from Great Britain, he looked into this idea to do this dual semen collection. So that's actually that you collect the dog once and then you wait an hour and you collect it again. Okay. And then you have two ejaculates. That's more, it's actually almost twice the amount that you have with one. It's not completely, but it's close to that. And we were interested in the question, if you wait this one hour a little more until freezing the first and the second together, may this be detrimental to the quality of the first? Because in some animals, it would not be so good to wait.
1: Sure. And you can imagine the second sample might
0: have less sperm in it or, I mean... Less sperm, but the first is to wait. And even if you put some some extender, as we call it, so some media into it that brings nutrition and protects the sperm. We wanted to look, is it detrimental? Is it really worth the wait? Okay. So we collected the same dogs either once or we did the dual semen collection at another day, approximately one week away, and we could see that there was no detrimental effects. So the semen could wait, it was no problem to wait for the second ejaculate, But uh, we had almost the double amount of insemination doses.
1: Okay. So I just want to clarify. So you had some dogs where you collected the sample a week later. So a week between samples and then other dogs where you just waited an hour between samples? We really tried to do it in the same dog.
0: Okay. So we had the dogs on two occasions. On one occasion, we just collected him once. And on the next occasion, which was a week or 10 days later, we tried to collect him twice with one hour interval between I see. Gotcha. Some dogs did not tolerate this. So some refused to be collected and they just gave one ejaculate, but not the second one. Like I'm done for today. (laughs) Exactly. This may actually be a little bit a part of the training that you can also do. So if you really train the dogs to be collected twice, I think it would be possible, but some did not like it. Okay. so. We could not cook them twice, but we really compared this ejaculate that was just taken once or the dual ejaculate Mm -hmm. of the frozen semen and compared it within the same animals. Yes. So that was important for us because then you really have a control, yeah? Yeah. It's always important that you really can say it's just not by random that the one group is better than the other. Sure. Okay.
1: So that's good news. And so that could be a lot more efficient for breeders to just take their dog in once, Mm -hmm. wait an hour get that second sample rather than bring them in a week or two later for another sample. So so
0: that's a great thing for... And it's even better because if you freeze it together, just one times the whole processing, which is a lot of labor also in the laboratory and the equipment that you use. So it's really, you save money and time, not only the breeder, but also the laboratory. So it may even be a bit cheaper to do it like that.
1: That's great. I think everybody likes that. (laughs) So considering the research that you've been doing and the work, I mean, you obviously have a lot of clinical experience. What should people think about as far as like, should they use fresh semen? Should they use frozen semen? And which dogs should they be cryobanking semen samples from?
0: How do you decide if it's worth preserving a dog? That really depends on the person that owns the dogs. As I said, okay, if you look at the female side, um, the fertility of cold-stored semen is better than that of frozen semen. Okay. Because the frozen semen is a bit short-lived in comparison okay. to those that have not been frozen. The freezing process causes some damage to the membrane. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of physical stress, as you can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> it's frozen cold, it's a lot of temperature change, and death. we centrifuge it, we do a lot with it. So it's short-lived, and this is why you actually have to do a lot of work on the female side to find the best time for insemination. Right. In the dog it's a bit difficult to put the semen really into the uterus. And much easier, for example, in horses it's very easy to put the pipette into the uterus and put the semen into the uterus. Right. So in dogs this has been done even by surgery before because it's better, it's easier, but that's actually today we don't do this anymore. Okay which under anesthesia, and a general anesthesia, and opens the abdomen and opens the uterus to put the semen in, that's not from an ethical side, and even for animal welfare reasons, that is not very nice. Right. So we try to do it via the vagina, which is working, but it's not so easy as I said, for example, as in horses or in humans, that's a bit of a challenge in dogs.
1: Yeah, we've discussed transcervical insemination on the podcast
0: before. So, okay, good. So, there are options. <laughs> but the frozen semen should really go into the uterus to have a better chance to fertilize the oocytes. The cool stored semen is a bit easier to handle, and the fertility rates are therefore better.
1: Okay, so it's almost like the samples you're freezing should be even better than the ones you might use fresh, right? They should be Definitely. really good samples because yeah, they are absolutely. going to
0: experience a yeah. little bit of degradation. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, this cool salt semen is just, it can live for three, four, five days. The frozen semen can live for 50 years. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> if you freeze it today and you want to have an offspring from the stock in 20 years, this is possible. Yeah. And that is very interesting even for, as we discussed before, for breeds that have a bit of problem with their genetics, high inbreeding rates or something like that. If they can go back to male dogs that lived a few years before, that was a good dog. I would like to have offspring from him now and then I can just saw the semen.
1: Do you find that a lot of breeders do come back 20 years later to a sample? Oh, we have
0: this from time to time. And I can imagine that it may be become more attractive, with this frozen semen business and dogs becoming more popular now.
1: Yeah, yeah. When do you typically recommend to a breeder that they consider artificial insemination?
0: If the female dog is far away from the male dog, it's a lot of stress for the female dog to be transported to the male. And if it doesn't work, invest a lot of time into that, so it might be easier to get the semen and inseminate the dog at home. And we know that dogs, actually, they have a lot of stress when being transported, even if you don't see it. Yep, so we yep. measured cortisol, which is a stress hormone in dogs that have been transported in the car. And there's a lot of cortisol secretion. So we do not know whether it has an impact on fertility. But for example, in women it, it has. It would make sense. If you transport the female dog to the male dog to be bred, and then she may have a problem to ovulate then fertilization chances is reduced. So it may be better to be at home or close to the home um, by insemination. So that's certainly a good option, especially if you have a dog that, you know, she might have problems to be transported.
1: Yeah. The stress part is so important. I think, like you said, it's not always obvious externally, but when you're looking at what's going on physiologically with the dog, it's clear. amazing. Yeah. 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 And not always good for the puppies either, even if she does get pregnant, right? We do not want her experiencing a lot of stress. So. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for sharing your research. And it's really fascinating. And I know our community loves hearing about the latest in reproductive research. So thank you so much. And I do have a last kind of fun question, which is just, if you could be any breed of
0: dog, which would you choose? Oh, I have Jack Russell Terriers and Parson Russell Terriers. Oh, moment. nice. I like them very much. I have them for more than 30 years now. So it's still me, my favorite race. Nice.
1: <laughs> I thought I saw a dog in your background. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and I can tell you my old Jack Russell, we even be froze his semen to have it available for later.
1: <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, so you're preserving your own dogs for the future. Definitely. Great. So Dr. Oreck, where can people find you online or learn about your lab's research? Is there a lab website or do you have any new publications coming out? Well, I have publications coming
0: out and today they are more and more online available. Great. So if you look for my name or for semen quality in dogs, you may find it. I have a ResearchGate account if you're interested. Okay, we can post the link to that in the show notes so people
1: can find your work.
0: Yes, I can do that. Right. I'm afraid our website, our university website is not very
1: good. <laughs> I don't okay. it, myself. <laughs> it happens. I mean, researchers are busy doing research, right? You don't have time to build a website, I'm sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. There is also a page where you can find my name and my publications that I can even send you the link. for that. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you so much. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And to everyone listening, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. <laughs>